Hey there, everybody. My name is Max Gomez. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Misinformed. As you might already be able to tell, this episode is all about the International Bazaar, and my two guests today are here to talk about that, but also so much more about what they do for students here at the Institute. As I just mentioned, today we are talking about the International Bazaar, and joining me first is International Education Management Program Representative to the Student Council, Yolanda Kobla. Yolanda, thanks so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. So we will get around to talking about the Bazaar and the open mic that you are organizing right now. Uh, But first, I want to get a little bit more into your work at the Student Council, what you've been up to throughout this past year. So As I mentioned earlier, you are the International Education Management Program Rep, and so I was wondering if you could get into a bit of uh, what drew you to that position, what what made you sign up and run for that, and what you've been doing with that position ever since. Yeah, so I was reached out to and um, told that I was nominated, um, Mm. which was really interesting because I was like, I'm an incoming student, but um, cool. (laughs) Um, But I took on the position because I do have like I feel like being on a council and or or on a team where people are kind of making decisions or you know having discussions that affect a majority of the people that we kind of like work with and study with and things like that like I wanted to be part of that conversation Mm -hmm. so that's why I decided to run for IM rep yeah and I'm I'm enjoying it it definitely has been a challenge only in the sense of like you know um all the already the already established issues we already have with being completely virtual now, mm-hmm. you know, COVID as well, um, time zone issues, things like that um, were challenges. But I would say that I've had fun being creative with the way with the way like I would like to engage with the IEM community. So um, yeah, it's been really cool. Is there any event or initiative in particular that you? had a really fun time doing or that you were really proud of? Um, so in the fall, I put together like a Halloween costume party mm-hmm. virtually. And the, I had a lot of fun <laughs> doing that. Um, people um, joined and they dressed up and it was really cool. And, um, you know, that was one of the first big events I did. So I was able to get to meet some people in the IM community that I didn't know yet. And it was awesome. And I just really loved the engagement. And, um, you know, there was also a contest a costume contest and there was a prize um, <laughs> and I loved the competitiveness that everyone brought. So it was really cool. And I've also done um, some town halls, town hall meetings to address, you know, major issues that have been coming up, not only with like within the IEM community, but also um, within the MISS community as a whole, mm-hmm. which have, which has been very eye opening to what issues I may encounter when I like work in a global scale. So that was really cool. And then recently this past month of March, I put together a women's and that's with an X because I wanted to incorporate all different types of um, people who identify as a woman, no matter what that means. So I had a women's month movie series, um, just sharing movies and films um, that have either been directed, produced or starring, you know, majority female cast. Um, And it was really awesome to 
see people engaged asynchronously, (laughs) asynchronously and getting the feedback of that people enjoyed the suggestions that I had and things like that was really cool. Also, throughout the semester, more in fall semester, I was putting together Motivation Monday to kind of get people energized in the mornings before, you know, starting their classes off and things like that, which was fun. Love that. It has definitely been a difficult year to be somebody who is trying to plan events. I can (laughs) definitely sympathize with you on that and trying to find ways to get people involved that isn't just another Zoom call. Mm -hmm. uh, So yeah, I, I love the Women's History Month just allowing people to kind of connect, like you said, asynchronously over um, a really awesome set of films. So on student council, you have also picked up the position of international student committee chair. Yes. What has that work been like? So that work has also been very eye-opening because for me, I I identify as a Ghanaian American woman. Mm -hmm. So I was born in Ghana. And I was raised very much immersed in the culture and everything that has to do with that, even though I was raised in the U.S. So in certain aspects, I like consider myself an international student because I view my life through an international lens. Um, And so being able to so coming into the position position, I kind of knew some things that. Um, may be challenges for international students at MISS. So I was trying to kind of address those first. Um, And then as we've been getting more feedback, you know, um, I've sent out a lot of Google forms to kind of hear some feedback about what students may want, international students specifically, what they may want. It's made me realize that like there are, there's so much more that I did not know. And it's not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. It's kind of more of like, wow, there's so much more I could do. There's so many different areas where like I could help improve the experience of an international student at Miss. So that's been something that I'm still exploring right now. And then I would say like some challenges though would probably be just getting engagement because um, working as an um, international student committee chair, you're trying to engage international students virtually who are all over the world all on different time zones and also very stressed out with their own personal um, issues or personal lives to the point where they may not have the time to join on an extra zoom call like you mentioned so yeah getting face-to-face engagement has been difficult but I'm not giving up because I know that it is affecting I just based off of the little conversations I've had with individual international students, I know that like me at least being in this position or this position being out there and this committee being out there, it's making international students feel a little bit more heard, which is what I wanted. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And I think I see the work of the international student committee subcommittee of student council to be really, really important, especially because there are so few international students on the council. And I, of mm-hmm. course, can only speak to this year, but I, I kind of get the sense that that is a historical issue that the, the student council has mm-hmm. grappled with because they are there to represent the entire student body. All students have the student activity fee that they pay into that makes up the budget. And yet the voices of international students are frequently underrepresented on the council. And right. again, I say frequently, and I'm making assumptions about what the past councils have looked like. Um, mm-hmm. So... You know, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I see is super, super important about the work that you're doing there. Mm. Now, 
you are, of course, the chair of a committee. So who else is on that committee with you? Um, so right now, um, I have a fellow student council member on there. Her name is Elizabeth Hawks, and she's been great help. And then we also have a fellow Miss student who identifies as an international student, um, Sanjana Gagna, who is on um, our committee as well. And she's been of great help, especially because she is internationally based. So just being able to have the time to communicate with us um, has been great because of different time zones and just like her work schedule and everything like that. So we've been doing really well with talking about how to get our information out there or how to just like share our availability out there to international students through multiple streams of communication and social media. So having an extra set of eyes on the committee is really great. So I really appreciate those two and I'm looking forward to see the committee grow some more, especially with more international students involved. And hopefully the chance for that is fast approaching as we move back towards an on-campus life next year. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that throughout your work as the chair of this committee this year, there have been a lot of things that, that were new to you that you realized were really important topics of concern for somebody in a position like yourself. Mm -hmm. What have, have there been any things that stood out to you or yeah, any initiatives that you've taken on based on those that, that you think, I mean, more students at Miss should know about? Yeah, 100%. So um, with um, one of the main concerns that the, I, uh, that the International Student Committee like encountered was curriculum and how that really how that incorporates international students and their their you know their individual challenges and collective challenges, and so based off of just like the feedback that we've received about that and me you know being able to relay that back to those to the parties necessary, um, we've been able to get conversations started on revamping the curriculum and also you know making sure that international student voices are incorporated in that when we're thinking about you know like how this upcoming semester is going to be or how the next years are going to be when it comes to international students coming to study in the U.S. or you know obtaining visas things mm -hmm. like that um, so I just really appreciate the fact that the conversation has been started and we are seeing many programs revisit their curriculums and see how they can incorporate or like how it can benefit every single student that is involved in their programs. So I love that. And I'm really looking forward to see what is created from that. And to, and I'm hoping that, you know, like it will, it will accommodate a lot of international students um, needs academically. So, yeah. Now, another really, really incredible, beautiful thing that gets to happen at Miss as a school that has so many international students is the intercultural exchange that gets to happen. And one really, really big centerpiece of a normal in-person year uh, to do that is the International Bazaar, which is a joint student services and student council event. And you and I both, because we are both on student council, are <laughs> helping plan that for this year. Yeah, I'm looking so I'm like really looking forward to this. Yeah, and so normally it is a an event where people can come. Um, they sign up to cook dishes. You bring it day of, and then participants come and they buy little tickets, vouchers, and they get to go try all these different foods that people have brought um, 
for the event. And then also there's a performance aspect to it and a photo contest as well. This year we've had to tweak that a little bit to fit with this virtual year. And so one event that you have taken on the planning for is the open mic night, which will help carry on the spirit of the performance uh, aspect. And so what, I guess initially, um, what drew you to to wanting to plan this event specifically? So I love um, poetry. I love music. I love, you know, entertainment. And I just love open mics. And so <laughs> um, I was really looking forward to doing this because I love being in that space when you just see different types of creative people just like showcasing their talents and just like you know making themselves vulnerable and expressing themselves in many different ways like I love sitting there being able to connect the person's talent to their personality you know being able to be like I can see why this is something that is the is is their form like this is why this is their form of expression which I really love and like for me um you know I love writing poetry because like people have said, oh yeah, like I, I can talk a lot or like I've always had stuff to say, but I've never actually said like what I'm actually thinking. And I've, because mm-hmm. I've never really been able to get that into words to speak. But when I'm writing, you know, I'm able to kind of just like let that flow. So um, I was really excited to see other people kind of have that same joy that I have when I think of that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to being in that space. And I can't wait to see like all the different types of, creative people we have at Miss and how the international aspect of things of that like comes into play during open mic. Yeah, absolutely. Now we are currently actively recruiting people to come sign up uh, and perform at this. Yes, we are. And we will get to plugging where people can do that in a second. Now I know you are going to be hosting this alongside the wonderful Katie Klein. Yep. But is there also a chance that we get to hear some of that poetry you were just talking about um well you know I am really looking forward to being a host and kind of um you know interacting with the with the audience so who knows I may you know be speaking to you at one point and then I may be you know jumping right into one of my poems you never know I may say a poem right on the spot that just popped in my head people are gonna have to show up to find out oh yeah it's gonna be very fun very interactive um and it's gonna be a very good time and I'm gonna make sure that we have some background music too while we're waiting for um the next performance and stuff so it's gonna be a great vibe well i'm very excited for it so as i just mentioned we are currently looking for anyone and everyone well probably not everybody that would take a a whole day maybe several (laughs) so we're looking for anybody to come on and perform really i mean is there anything in particular you're looking for like we talked about poetry what else are we what else could we be looking for i mean just about Um, anything right yeah, I, I believe that people, um, there are so many talents out there that people, you know, don't really share because they may think that it doesn't necessarily fit into a certain category. Mm-hmm. So for open mic, I really just want people to come out and just express themselves in a form of art, you know, and that can be many things. I've seen people perform um, jujitsu or taibo mm-hmm. or things like that, like as their form of art, you know, do a dance people sing, um, people do monologues, people play instruments, um, do talents that, you know, not many people can do, things like that. So yeah, come out and just really show us your creativity. Yeah, love it. And so now again, where where can we go to do that? 
Yes. So there is a link that we can share with you all that sends you to the Miss page where you can um, sign up. There's a sign up form. Yes. The International Bazaar, like official Miss website page is up and running with the links to sign up for this, as well as the cooking event, which we mentioned, and submit photos for the photo contest. Those are all live right now. Yes. And as you said, yeah, we will make sure that the link is available. Uh, try and get it into the bio of our of our Instagram page for Miss Radio. And you have absolutely seen the International Bazaar in your inbox before. And by you, I mean anybody listening to this. So <laughs> unless you're my family, because I know I have some family and friends outside of Miss. So if, it's, if, if, it's, if you're one of them, I'm sorry, you don't have the links to this. But anybody at Miss listening to this, you have seen this in your inbox. So go back and find that if you if you filed it away already. Yes, definitely. Well, that wraps up all the questions I had for you, Yolanda. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you at the open mic night. Thank you. I'm excited to um, see everybody there. Joining me now to talk even more about the International Bazaar and what it has looked like in non-pandemic years and why it has become such a beloved event at the Institute is Ashley Orocha, Associate Dean of Student Services and Alternate Human Relations Officer. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so before we get into International Bazaar, which is mainly what we're here to talk about today, um, could you tell me a little bit more about what you do at the Institute, what your work is? Sure. My primary responsibility is overseeing all the functions of the Office of Student Services. And there are two of us in the Office of Student Services, myself, as well as Allison Gruner. Mm-hmm. So I guess the main mission of our department is to enhance that student life experience through different ways of student engagement, ensuring a safe environment, campus, and so on. My specific functions within the department, um, overseeing obviously the department, the strategic trajectory of it, but also I oversee all of the judicial affairs, um, student conduct policies, disability accommodations. I also serve as a Title IX designee for our campus and working Mm -hmm. with our Title IX coordinator at the college, Mm -hmm. as well as the human relations officers at the college as well. Um, And, you know, the department oversees so many different things from um, student engagement, to clubs, student council, again, student conduct, uh, new student orientation, all sorts of things. So we're a small office, um, which, you know, we cover a lot of ground just for being two people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Allison Gruner is someone who I, I've worked with very much over the last few months as my position yeah. on student council. And yeah. so it seems that student council is certainly one of her primary responsibilities. But outside of that, um, is there any major distinctions between the work you and the work she does? Um, within the student office of student services? That's a really good question. So the way we like to sort of make the distinction is Allison works in this area of student engagement. So mm-hmm. through club, student council, new student onboarding, that kind of area. And then my area is more around policy development, implementation, uh, conduct, judicial affairs, student emergencies, student crises. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I, that I focus on. Okay. And it sounds like, so then she's, She's certainly more um, the face of student services for a lot of students throughout their time, whether it be through clubs or, and you're doing a lot more of that logistical back end sort of work. Yes. I, I mean, like, yes and no. I think when it comes to the student life experience and so, you know, what students do through club activities and leadership through student council and um, student life programming, like the student success series that she mm-hmm. runs, 
she's absolutely the face of that and interacting mm -hmm. with students in that capacity. Um, but we both have a lot of student facing elements to our work, although my the student facing sort of elements to my work tend to be when there's um, sadly a problem or, or an emergency mm -hmm. or an issue that needs to be mm -hmm. to be looked into. And so we have these, you know, sort of different areas of expertise, I would say, mm -hmm. with some some um, overlap. Uh, so I understand you are one of the staff members who have been with Miss for for quite some time now. Is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, <laughs> yes. So I have been at Miss now for I am I think I'm going on my 24th year oh my at the institute. Well, congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, I originally did enrollment management for about seven and a half years, so recruiting and admissions, and then I transitioned into student services, student affairs mm -hmm. in 2004. Okay. And uh, actually, yeah, you headed off a question I had, which is if this was the role you've had the whole time. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so with this one, with this particular role, what are some of the things that you enjoy most about this student services work? Oh, gosh. I, you know, it's, it's the students, honestly, it's engaging with students. It's being able to help students through um, difficult, for my role specifically, you know, helping students through difficult situations, being able to support them mm -hmm. um, to move through those challenges. Mm -hmm. Also sort of on the other side of things, it's just engaging with students and enhancing their experience through the services and, and um, resources and support that we offer. It's really that, it's the student piece of it that, mm -hmm. that really drives me. I would argue probably the same for Allison, that when you're in the work of student affairs, student life, student services, whatever we're calling it, it's really the student-centered piece of it. And so that's, that's what really drives, what drives me. Yeah, absolutely. Given you know that nature of this work and that being something that is your your major drive um, in this work, how has this past year been for you? Not being able to make a lot of those connections, and I, I alluded to it before we started recording that um, both you and Allison have often this year for us students who who have only participated at Miss Virtually have kind of just been names at the bottoms of emails, and and I've started to pick up you know people who around campus who I would really be seeing so much more of were it not for this type of environment when really I'm only interacting with my professors outside of the myriad of other extracurricular things I've picked up along the way. But but for a lot of students who, who aren't as involved as I am, um, there's unfortunately so much less connection between that those staff and the students. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, what's, what's interesting to me is that you know we're on campus when we're in person the campus is such a dynamic place and student services is at a is sort of a, a, a hub one of the hubs at in at the campus and mm -hmm. and so there's oftentimes students just coming through our office asking and popping in for a question asking something just having those those in those in you know in person connections mm -hmm. do make such a difference and so there's a way in that way they get to know us better and so on so with you know not having that for the past what 13 months it's been now maybe we're going on 14 months has been um, a challenge because you know we want to be able to reach students and support students and we have been able to do that it's just the landscape has changed and mm -hmm. the the way we do it is different and so um, certainly in the role that I have I definitely have been working with students virtually um, and engaging that way but there is there is a difference Max there is a difference mm -hmm. from doing this online or remote and for students who have never been to the campus to understand the importance of that feel of just being able to drop by and say hi and whatever and ask a question, I think it makes it probably more difficult for the students to feel a sense of connection. I can see that for sure. Well, then I'm I'm sure you are certainly one of the people at Miss who are more excited for us to be heading back to campus. 
Absolutely. I'm, I, I hope that we, when we can safely do that, we do it because it really does make quite a difference. Um, but I will say though, we've been able to pivot really well to providing, and I say we, I mean institutionally, not just student mm-hmm. services, to providing support and resources and everything that this, almost everything that the students need and, and want. But I don't think anything really replaces that on-campus experience if that's what the student is looking for. Right. Right. Of course. So, so you mentioned student services really being the hub for, for all students. And really, there's such a dynamic range of the types of students that will come to miss given the, the range of programs that we have. And something that I have heard very frequently as a, I don't know, not necessarily a criticism, but a, a lot of these programs become very siloed. Um, the, the students are, are very close within their programs. And, you know, so people in international education management maybe have little to no contact with inter- international environmental policy. Um, just by the nature of, of who they're seeing a lot in their classes. And I think that's something that has absolutely been exacerbated mm-hmm. in this uh, digital environment. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm aware that that's still something that exists even outside of that. And there's only so much you can do because that's those that's the group of students who, you know, these students are spending most of their time with. But mm-hmm. um, I'm sure that that is not, you know, a new thing for you to be hearing within student services. And so what are some of the things that you've done in the past to try and help foster connection between students of different programs? Absolutely. This certainly is not a phenomenon of of, um, going digital because of a global pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. Students have talked about these silos and, um, you know, it can be a challenge to try to, to build community outside of those silos, because again, that's, that's, those are the folks that they're, they're interacting with daily and prod group work and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's something that we, I say we, Alice and I both have talked about quite a bit and, and the focus of sort of the student-like programming that falls under the department is really for everybody. And so, you know, whatever whatever we are um, running, for example, student success series, whether, you know, it's a welcome back sort of um, meet and greet kind of thing, you know, the student-like program that we've offered is, is, is really for all students. And so that we hope that with these kinds of ways to engage that it breaks some of those silos, at least for that for that moment, mm-hmm. right, or that time, it, it's hard to really to to, to change that dynamic because yeah. there's a natural na- sort of natural gravitation to your fellow colleagues, the people that you're studying with in the same program. So it has been more difficult, clearly, um, in a digital environment. There's a lot of things we just can't do, you yeah. know. Um, and so when we get back to campus, we certainly hope to to be able to to sort of start building that, but. Yeah, I guess the short answer would be the different student life programming that we've had over the years that um, is in outreach to all to all students. The other the other thing I will say is club activities, mm-hmm. the work in the student council um, activities and, and like the International Bazaar is a great example. I know we're going to segue into that, but these these types of things bring everyone out and to come together. And so if people take advantage of those opportunities, whether they're brown bag lunches or, you know, International Bazaar or the Follies, which is a talent show. These are ways people can connect beyond their their classmates. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you 100% read my mind there. In that <laughs> International Bazaar is seems to be one of those incredible yeah. opportunities to bring students of of all programs together. And you know, it's it's clear that's true that that has worked pretty well in a, in a well-loved way for uh, 33 years now, I believe. Um, last year would have been the 33rd. It was canceled. Right. So this year is, is right. going to be the 33rd annual and first and hopefully only virtual installment of the International Bazaar. Um, so I just want to hear uh, if you could, like some of 
I don't know, the history, I guess, of the bazaar and how you've seen it change over the years. I mean, it, it's been around then since before you were around at Miss, certainly. Yes. So, so have you seen it um, change over time at all? Or has it, you know, largely stayed a, a, a similar event through your whole time? Yeah, that, right. So the, so the International Bazaar, as you said, we would be in our 34th year actually mm -hmm. hosting it if we didn't cancel it this last year. Um, so that, I think that means it started in 1987. So as a concept, it's been around for, for 34 years, but we haven't been able to celebrate it um, because of last year going, you know, because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but it was started by um, Ms. students back in the day. And the idea was to bring our, to celebrate and bring our community together, our multicultural community together to share food, um, entertainment, photography, cultural activities as an opportunity to come together and, and, and share those things and celebrate our multiculturalism. And so, you know, obviously I don't know really what it looked like before I came to, to Ms. Mm -hmm. but I do know in the time that I have been here, it really hasn't changed much. There's been some tweaking here and there, but the sure. idea is that we have food tables, mm -hmm. we have a, you know, a photo contest, we have people sign up to do entertainment or cultural activities. And this is really what it's about. And it's entirely volunteer. Mm -hmm. So it's an event, it's a huge event, and it's only as good as the people signing up to want to be part of it. And it's the, probably the biggest event student council supports. Mm -hmm. And um, it's heavily supported by the Office of Student Services, mm -hmm. specifically my role. I am the main point person in the office for the International Bazaar and working with the different committee leads on student council. Um, so yeah, it's been around for a while. It's a great way. And it's for, for all of us. So students, staff, faculty, even alumni can yeah. come and participate, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really fun. Yeah. So, uh, Everybody, I don't want to say everybody, I don't like blanket statements like that, but almost <laughs> everybody, I, I think I can say very close to 99, as close to 100 as we can get, people love food. Oh, so yeah. that's that's certainly one reason why I can see mm -hmm. this is a longstanding event. But is there anything else about the International Bazaar that really sticks out to you as to how it's become such a beloved cornerstone you know, event in every academic year? Yeah, food. Food's always good. Um, yeah, we all love food. Um, yeah, I would say that it's it's a really wonderful opportunity for, and mainly students, quite honestly, but not just students, mm -hmm. to share their culture, their experiences. If you know, living abroad, mm -hmm. um, outside their home country, wherever that might be, and sharing that with a larger community, and having conversations around that. What what does this dish mean? In the country where you're from, or the country mm -hmm. you did Peace Corps in, you know, or some, you know, along those lines, sharing those that that culture, that experience, I think is at the core of what this is, and I think that's really what draws our students and faculty and staff to the event, is because of, I mean, this, you know, the institute, this is what we are, right, mm -hmm. and um, and so I think that is a huge attraction, um, and I, I think people like to have opportunities to come together and celebrate in different ways. And so the entertainment piece is really key. The photography, the, you know, the photo contest is really amazing. The students have traveled, students, staff and faculty, alumni have traveled all over the world and they've taken photos along the way. And so that we have this beautiful display of these experiences 
um, at the at the at the bazaar, and then you know certainly around campus, if they let us keep the hard the printed copies of the photos, which mm-hmm. I have many in the Office of Student Services, which is great. They mm-hmm. students have let me keep them. Um, but yeah, I think these are all the you know these are important important things, and it continues the conversation. It continues the synergies of embracing different cultures and global thinking and mm-hmm. um, around culture and food and and entertainment. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, yeah, absolutely it did. And I think, of course, you know, one of the more important things about it is is not just the food, it's not just the pictures, it's the conversations they yes. they bring about and the stories yeah. that people get to share about a culture that's important to them, whether exactly. it's their own or one that they spent a, a long time in, like with Peace Corps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Is yeah. there any year in particular, or maybe even something specific as a performance or a dish that really oh. that sticks out to you? I mean <laughs> doesn't have to be that specific. It can be more general yeah. than that, sure. But is there any any little like single year maybe that, that sticks out to you? It's hard to, to think of a year because I, I've been involved with the Bazaar for 17 mm-hmm. years and they kind of, you know, it's hard, so I'm not good with the numbers, but I do have a couple of um, memories that stick out as we've been talking about this. And one in particular was um, a food table. So we normally have anywhere from 10 to 17 food tables at the mm-hmm. Bazaar. And um one, this was, this was in probably at least five or six years ago. So I know it's sort of, you know, a little ways back, mm-hmm. a student group had a food table and, um, it, what they did was, and this is really, they took it a whole step like above and beyond that they, they actually roasted on site a full, um, leg of lamb. So it's huge uh-huh. leg of lamb. And so this uh-huh. is not, this is not, this is not typical what uh-huh. usually happens at the bazaar, but we actually rented one of those roast roasting things you know mm-hmm. like you might see it at a festival or a yeah. fair or something like outside roasting where it's turning mm-hmm. but this had to be roasted for quite a long time and right. so they set up camp the wee hours of the morning on samson patio mm-hmm. they had this huge thing roasting and it became this just great conversation piece throughout the day as we're setting up for the bazaar and so on by the time that the bazaar started it was like around 1 1 30 you know this table had quite a lot of activity because not only was there's this this thing that they're cooking on site, Mm -hmm. um, which was quite shocking because no one else had that, but the food was amazing. And it was a traditional dish for that. I can't remember now what the dish was, but it was Mm -hmm. just really, um, it was just uh, funny. It was just a wonderful uh, experience to see that. And the students loved it. Um, Another, uh, and regarding entertainment, one year we had this amazing fashion show that um, students, put together and with with friends outside of the institute this mm-hmm. cultural fashion show just uh traditional dress from different countries around the world oh, wow. and it was really amazing and the t- and 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 played to like um just different music you know mm-hmm. music from around the world as well it was beautiful it was really really special so things like that just there's many stories i could tell you but <laughs> i'm sure out. yeah so over the years is there any Anything that you have seen like really commonly, because I, in having conversations recently with some like classmates of mine, as we're trying to drum up interest uh, at this point, I have had two people offer to make pierogies. And so I'm wondering (laughs) if there's any dishes or performances that you see really, really commonly come about, or if it, it always is just a completely different mix. Oh gosh. Um, That's a great question. There is one food table that's that has been active for many many years mm-hmm. arabic language program table and mm-hmm. they 
the, the, the dishes change, but always amazingly delicious. Mm-hmm. And one staple, I think at that table, um, was tabbouleh, this tabbouleh that they offer was just delicious. So, uh, but in terms of other dishes, oh gosh, it does every year it changes. It's different. Mm-hmm. We might have similar regional cuisine or um, cuisine, from, cuisine from specific countries, but the dishes do change. Um, but pierogies have been, yeah, I've seen some pierogies <laughs> a few times in the bazaar for sure. Uh-huh. Chinese dumplings, mm-hmm. kind of popular. For a, for a long time, we had a student council barbecue. So the student council mm. hosted, they had the table and they did sort of, you know, barbecue kind of typical burgers, veggie yeah. burgers, that kind of thing. But there's no one dish that always happens. I think mm-hmm. it, it, it varies. Yeah. Well, this year, of course, we can't do anything in person. And so, so I don't know if you have heard yet what we're thinking about doing. I'm sure it's probably disseminated your way at this point. But I have heard. It's very exciting. Yes. Yeah. So we are doing a... A cooking event where we're hoping that people will come and and teach how to cook a dish and of course that will change the nature of what dishes are possible because it has to be something you can prepare in about an hour an hour and 30 minutes um, but i think there's still plenty of plenty of dishes that do do fit within that window and we actually have a club who has done an event like this before it was uh, the immigrant rights alliance they mm-hmm. started a series called mira who's cooking um, and they did their first installment with two club leaders chris and lamise cooking shakshuka and it was really great because Lamise got to talk about why shakshuka is important to her and her North African um, heritage and share that with Chris as, you know, he was learning from her how to make it. And so they actually have another installment of that coming up uh, actually on the day that this will be releasing, which is Friday the 16th, 16th of April uh, when people are hearing this. So there will be one on on that day as well and so i think that's also a great way for us to kind of preview what we're hoping to do at international bazaar as well um, because it is just such a great way to to try and bring about the spirit of the bazaar and center an intercultural exchange around food um, and still have that happen yeah that's great glad you guys are doing that yeah and we will also be having an open mic night and so again at, at the point of hearing this um there will be plenty of resources out there people will have absolutely seen us in their inboxes for sure. Um, we have the International Bazaar page up and running on the MISS website too. So mm-hmm. um, we'll make sure to anybody listening that uh, those links are very easily available as well Good. if anybody yeah. is hearing this and would like to participate. Because as you mentioned before, the bazaar doesn't exist without the people to come participate yeah. in that intercultural exchange. Yes. Yep. And part of that is just, you know, generating interest through different channels. And that that's, you know, that's great. You're planning on that. So wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Well, Ashley, thank you again so much for joining me. I I really enjoyed this conversation and I think that all our listeners will as well. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Good luck with the event. Thank you. Well, that is it for this week's episode. I am getting you out of here in under 40 minutes because I know everybody is working on so many things this late in the semester. So if you are listening this far into the episode, thank you so much. Um, As always, the opinions expressed by myself or my guests uh, do not reflect those of the Institute officially. And, um, you know, all that stuff about this song that's playing that I don't have the rights to. Until next time, I'll see you at the International Bazaar.